I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, live. Oh, man. Okay, so um, we are back. You know, I say that, but no one realizes what just fucking just happened. Just don't do it. Pretend yeah. like it never happened. No, no, we got to explain it uh, because it's going to affect the conversation. We we just recorded about thirty minutes of this amazing episode, and uh, and thirty minutes in, all of our shit crashed. So we're going to reset it. We're going to start from the top. Um, but let's not try to recreate what we already did. Well, I wrote the whole. I like wrote down oh. the whole exchange, so we could just read it from like a script, like a word document. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we could just and do the redo the questions. Right, here. In, in order me, to save me, my 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 sides there. Thank you. In okay. order to um, uh, save excuse time, me, like, hashtag pussy problems. <laughs> it's like so not going to land now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Where's the context? Where's the context? <laughs> well, let's fill the, that context in. Uh, live. Hi. We're here to talk about your vagina problems. Oh, so many of them. <laughs> so many of them. <laughs> we know nothing about them. No. Uh, why don't <laughs> you fill in the, the, the audience, uh, mm-hmm. the crowd, the listeners, what's going on with your, with your pee hole? Well, a couple things. And it's, <laughs> it's so much it's more than that. It's not the pee that. hole, it's the other hole. Oh, the V hole. Yeah. Um, so I'm here to talk about CPP, which is chronic pelvic pain, but more specifically adenomyosis, mm-hmm. which is when the endometrium, which is like, the uterine lining gets into the muscle or the myometrium of the uterus itself. It's a real bitch. So it's like it's sort it's sort of similar to endometriosis. Yeah. The adeno adenomyosis. Adenomyosis. Yeah, they actually used to call it endometriosis of the uterus. Oh, okay. But I think that the adenomyosis crowd was like, we want to be our own people, right? So mm. don't like label Quebec. Me like that. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Are there people who like lobby for like the naming rights of like a disease? Fuck, I'm sure. Oh, people for lobby sure. for everything these days. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sure. Yeah. We met somebody last night who who had a doctor who came up with a, a technique called the sugar baker technique. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. And that's his last name, <laughs> Doctor Sugar Baker. I know it's too much. No, <laughs> it's too much. Um, so so we, we, we when we originally were having this conversation yeah. five minutes ago uh, before everything crashed, we we kind of took it all the way back to you know these. The, we were calling it hashtag pushy problems, and when we first said it, it was really funny. Yeah. Now it's yeah. not going to really be as funny, I don't think. <laughs> but when your hashtag pussy problems began, yeah. it was it was kind of back when you started getting your period, yeah. right? So, um, and what was like what was different about the period that you were having versus like what everyone else or should be having? Right, I wasn't aware of it, but I guess like the cramping that I was experiencing was way different. Um, like my cramps would run from my actual uterus down my legs into my knees, oh. um, up my back. I would like had one of those little like massagers that I would be like trying to roll my muscles out with, like cryoderm, having Epsom salt baths, shit like that. Um, and then just like 
the intensity of the bleeding, getting up multiple times a night to change your pad. That's always fun. Were, well, you, talk, were you talking to friends about it? You know, no. like, no, it wasn't like there was not much communication. No. And it wasn't that I was ashamed or that I was trying to hide it. I was just like, this is just what it is. This is it. Like, Do- doesn't everyone take nine naproxen a day to manage right. their bleeding? So you okay, were but, thinking right. that your friends, you, you were just assuming like, you know, every, every woman yeah. has a version of this. Totally. But um, were you only experiencing this like once a month at a specific time or like was this like ongoing? Yeah, in the beginning, it well, like in the beginning, it was ju- the pain was happening just during my period. And as the years have gone on and I've gone through more shit and more surgeries, it's like a constant pain. So like I have abdominal endometriosis, adenomyosis pain every single day. Just from a guy who like doesn't really understand what like the, the, the like, I guess, quote unquote, normal duration for mm-hmm. period pain to last is like, like how, what would be the normal expectation for a woman to like experience pain mm-hmm. during her period? Um, most, or I shouldn't say most, but in many cases, women will experience like light cramping a day or two before her period. And then typically if a woman is going to cramp, which not all women do, it'll be like the first few days of the period and then maybe taper off on like day four or five. But it's kind of hard to say because some women's periods last 10 days and some last three, like it's, it totally varies. Mm. It's yeah. crazy how like different it can be yeah. from... Person to person. Yeah, I was like a good like seven or eight day period person. Yeah, for yeah, you're right. Like for something that is that you know almost all women experience, all women go through for for the most part. The the fact that it can be so different from person to person is kind of is kind of wild. Which I mean, like for for guys like learning about this, it's all like the entire thing is informative for us because I mean we don't really know that that much about Mm -hmm. it. Um, other than our like limited experience with conversations that we've had on this podcast, yeah. and uh, but like other women who probably hear conversations like this, I think that sometimes they would be surprised to learn that you know the variance in experience is so vastly different as well. Well, especially mm-hmm. if they're not having those conversations, yeah, you know, yeah, like, like you said, like live, like you when she know. was a young, yeah, yeah. A young yeah. woman, yeah, and I didn't, I never thought anything of it, and. When I kind of realized that it was <coughs> something maybe to be concerned about or an issue was after I met my now husband, Zeke, four years ago. And we had just met. We were having sex all the time. Three weeks and we had a pregnancy scare. And I was like, okay, we need to get on birth control. And because of a prior neurological condition that I had, I couldn't go on oral contraceptives. Um, and so we settled for an IUD. And I got the copper IUD inserted the wrong way. So I had this like... The wrong way as in like upside down or like... <laughs> as in... It like, was like, we'll take it, turn it sideways and try to push it in. Yeah. Or like... like Not, maybe that wasn't the right <laughs> phrasing. Um, but they... It's supposed to go halfway up your uterus, like upright. Mm-hmm. And after two months of really intense pain and cramping and irregular bleeding and Zeke getting boner killers every time we tried to fuck. Because um, I, I, I want to I just like touch on that for a second. That, that is, that's something that I've also experienced. Yeah. And it is, it is when Bridie had her IUD in, I was stabbing it with my, with my dick. Yeah. And I, I remember having like so many conversations with her going, it feels like, I'm, it feels like there is a, like a screw in your vagina, and I'm just stabbing it. Yeah, every time I like push in. Yeah, a fish hook. Mm. Oh my god! It like yeah. it, no, it, and no. it and it's so yeah. like it's so visceral. The the memory, 
like you just talking about it, I can feel like exactly where on the head of my dick where yeah. I was like feeling that <sighs> dude that irritating scrape. Right yeah, dude, like everything's puckering. My, every orifice on my body, my nipples are up. puckering. I'm like, <gasps> didn't you do that once and be like, oh fuck, oh Jesus, or or like, are you just too in the moment of like having sex? You're, well, like, you're I like, just like, don't you're, give a fuck. You, like the, we were talking, ouch, we, ouch, ouch, like, ouch. when you're like fuck drunk, you just don't you you kind of. Yeah. I mean, when you're really into it, you kind of just go, oh, that was weird, but, but okay. You know, it's like, it's, yeah. you're kind of still voice? in it. What's the voice? Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I start talking like I'm a G.I. Joe? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. We'll, we'll keep this going. Yeah. <laughs> you're, the, Some Japanese. You're, the, you're the worldwide premiere movie guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got this, Bridie. Bridie, it's, it's, it feels like I'm stabbing a screw inside your vagina. <laughs> okay, well, uh, <laughs> that made me feel really embarrassed and weird, so let's move on. Oh, God. So, yeah, I got that taken. Actually, at first I had a conversation with my mom in the car, which was fun. Oh, um, sweet. How did that go? So well. Okay. My was mom, she like, you're having sex? Well, I mean, I was 19. Oh. Actually, my sister told her when I lost my virginity because she was mad at me. Oh, my God. That's yeah. vicious. Well, your yeah. sister yeah. told your mom because your sister was mad at yeah, you? Yeah, my sister didn't like the guy that I lost my virginity to, so she told Holy my mom. Holy shit. Well, I 18 guess, months apart, we're like that weird closeness. That's as like if you could like go back in time. Oh, I <laughs> think like, it's hilarious. I'll take it back. And also, it. like, what what was she expecting your mom to yeah, do my mom's about like, that? Use protection. Like, I'm not going to stop you. Anyways, um, I was in a really like negative headspace because I just wanted to have sex with my boyfriend, and my vaginal fish hook was preventing that from happening. Oh. And you're not supposed to feel strife that early on in a relationship. No. It's just supposed to be lusty and cute. Yeah. And um, what did your mom say? Like when you were having this combo, we were like riding in the car. She's like, "What's wrong?" And I'm like, "Nothing." And she's like, "Well, something is clearly wrong." I was like, "I need to go back to the doctor." And she was like, "Why?" And I was like, "I don't want to talk about it." She was like, "Olivia, just fucking tell me." And I was like, "I don't want to talk about it." And she kind of just kept poking the bear. Finally, I was like, "All right, mom, I'm a boner killer." And she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Every time my boyfriend tries to fuck me." Whoa. His penis stabbed something in my vagina. And, and your, he mom's, can't have your sex. mom's like, I regret it. I regret it. Just bury it. Bury my it. I'm like, sorry. I'm taking you to church. Time to confess. <laughs> she was like, All right, sweetheart, let's book an appointment with a gynecologist. So we go see the gynecologist, we meaning me. I'm a boner killer, I'm mom. I'm a boner killer. You don't even know what that does to the confidence. And, um, oh. and, the gynecologist realized that instead of being inserted halfway up my uterus, the IUD had perforated my cervix and kind of turned on its side, mm. which is uncomfortable, hence like the stabbing pain that I was feeling. Uncomfortable and probably not good, right? Like per- perforating anything mm-hmm. inside you sounds bad. Most would say it was unsafe. Yeah. 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 Um, So I got that taken out and then I didn't have any form of birth control for a while. And during that time, we started my anti-pregnancy, which was this really like weird nine months where I bled for the whole nine months, like heavy bleeding, clots the size of softballs. Oh, I puckered so hard there. Yeah, it was cute. What do you mean by anti-pregnancy? Well, you know, a pregnancy is nine months. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was like nine months of being so not pregnant because you can't get a period when you're pregnant. Right. So it was a nine-month period, which was my anti-pregnancy. But why why was that happening? That can be a side effect of adenomyosis. That was kind of how the diagnosis 
began. Right. Okay. So, so right before our, uh, the record, the original recording cut out, <laughs> we were kind of diving into, um, we were diving into like, could the, could the, per, the perforation, perforation uh, I find that a hard word to like just throw out, mm-hmm. the perforation of the cervix, mm-hmm. could that have been a catalyst for the adenomyosis? Mm-hmm. Um, and what, remind me, what was the, like the verdict on that? It's, um, it's kind of jury still out because there's not enough information, right? but they say that any trauma to the uterus can cause adenomyosis. It's just, they don't usually find it until women are in their like late forties to fifties. And you are 22. Yes. Okay. Cause like the bro science, like explanation for that is like adenomyosis is, is the tissue cells getting into the muscle and Mm -hmm. planting themselves in there and growing. So if there is trauma or like, for example, possibly some type of perforation, is it possible that that can open up the pathway Mm -hmm. for that tissue to get in there. That's like the bro science yeah, totally. kind of idea behind and, it. And like that makes sense to me. But again, like I'm, I'm not even a But doctor. then doctors yeah. would be like, no, yeah. because of this medical thing that exactly. all you dumb people don't know about. I think that the, the thought behind both endo and adeno is now they're thinking, oh yeah, it could be like a traumatic event or it could just be like you're born with it. Because like my, my sister has like period issues of her own. My mom went into menopause when she was like 35. So like, there's some weird hormonal shit going well, on. Well, it's in my probably family. either one of those two things, or like an alien came down from outer space and planted yeah. that into you. Mm. Probably the most 100%. likely option is because I mean, you're yeah. either born with it or it's caused by something. Yeah, yeah maybe she's born with it. I, 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 I honestly, God, that that has to be one of the best ad campaigns of all time because I cannot think of Maybelline when I hear. Maybe they were born with it. Like, or yeah. anything born yeah. with it, I'm like, maybe it's Maybelline. Oh, fuck, shit, God damn it! Like, it is <laughs> so, so deeply embedded in me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was thinking about that. that I, I actually tuned out for the last, like, five minutes because yeah. all I was thinking I was Maybelline. Me, me too. Yeah. And, me was, too. And, and sitting here going, why the fuck is... Why as, do soon I, as, as soon as you said, well, and maybe we're, maybe we're just born with it, I yeah. was like, yeah, maybe... Ma- yeah, maybe, maybe it is maybe Maybelline. Maybe it, it, and the, and the reason I don't say it out loud is because I go, no, that's so it's overplayed. Like, maybe, it's yeah. like, maybe there's something in the makeup that gives people... Adenomyosis. Yeah, which is like, which is not a really strong ad campaign. Like, maybe. okay, so, so, or maybe we we don't know what the what really is the root cause of the adenomyosis. It no. could be, who knows? It could be one of a million different things. Mm-hmm. But clearly, you've gone through some like uh, some uterine. Uh, vaginal internal pussy reproductive puss- hashtag you've had some hashtag pussy problems um, and so when you went through this nine month uh, anti-pregnancy which I now love that term yeah. um, was that was that like a was that a boner killer like were you still the oh, boner yeah. killer oh uh, kind of still am a little bit not gonna lie okay, okay. okay. Like, this is a title that will like, <laughs> that I'll carry with me throughout my life um, but for different reasons. Yeah, so it started when Zeke was in Chile. So this was January 2015. And Zeke was in Chile, and I was about to FaceTime him, and I got this really intense, like, stab, like, in my gut. Like, someone had stabbed me with a knife. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I <laughs> That's went, your reaction to being stabbed with yeah, a knife? Yeah, just, oh, strange. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I walked to the bathroom, because I was like, this seems like one of those situations. And I sat down and I like felt this like insane cramping and then I heard this noise and I looked like a quip like a queef no like a like a plop 
Like something, oh, hit, like something, oh, hitting like water. something dropped out Into of you. Into the toilet. Oh. And a softball-sized claw was oh. sitting oh. in the toilet. And then I looked on the bathroom floor, and there was a trail of blood from my bedroom. Jesus, Whoa. it sounds like a miscarriage. Well, this is you're right. Like it, that's exactly what it sounds like. Like I wasn't on any birth control. Yeah. Uh, but I like didn't have any pregnancies. His symptoms. Zeke was in Chile, and um. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, okay. Like, I'd had weird clot situations before. So I was like, it's fine. It's going to be yeah, fine. Yeah. I went to Calgary a few days later and I walked in <laughs> into Nordstrom and I was wearing white jeans. Oh. oh. Oh, no. And I looked down and there was blood oh. soaking through my jeans. And oh, I was like, are no. you fucking kidding me? <clears throat> on the day that I wear white, these are cute too. So I like ran to the bathroom and like my sister went and bought me pants and all that. But that was like the beginning. And it was... Yeah, what, wait, that's so, yeah, what a perfect place to start bleeding in your pants. Yeah. In a store in that a just store. sells clothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like. But I went to the ER twice that weekend in Calgary because the bleeding was like so intense that I was like getting lightheaded and dizzy and like I w- wasn't sleeping at all because I had to get up every half hour to go to the bathroom to like change out my pads. And is this, this is early on within that nine month period kind of thing? Like, yeah, this, this is, is the like the er- very beginning of okay. it. Okay. And yeah. what's going through your mind? Like, are you just thinking, my my pussy's falling apart. Yeah. Like I don't know what the fuck's going on yeah, here. Yeah, I was like, I'll never fuck again. Yeah, like did, did you? I guess at this point, like had had any words been thrown out to you, like adenomyosis or endometriosis or or no, like because I hadn't like I hadn't complained about period cramps yet because I didn't know that they were worth complaining about. Right. So after this period, <clears throat> I went back to the gynecologist in my hometown and Zeke was home and I was like having this really fucking weird bleeding and it wasn't stopping. And um, that's when he first brought up adenomyosis mm. and he was like, well, have you ever had painful periods? And I was like, yeah, but doesn't everyone? And he was like, well, no. And he was like, well, heavy bleeding. And I was like, yeah, all the time. But isn't that just what having a period is like? And he was like, no, where are you getting your information from? Isn't this, the, isn't this a fascinating difference between men and women? Because if I started bleeding heavily from oh, anywhere, I'd be like, I'm dying. Yeah. I'm dying yeah. right now. Yeah, but, yeah, but the, right. But yeah, no, I know. I know. I know. But. To this degree. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if you were pouring blood. Yeah. Basically. You but know yeah, what I mean? The thing like, is that you're told, you're into, as a woman, you're told your entire life, like, oh, you're bleeding? You're a woman now. Like, yeah, this, like is, this is you're, womanhood. You're, this is womanhood. And this is called your period. Lucky and and like, th- there's, there, when you find out that, uh, and, you know, all, full disclosure, I'm a male speaking about this, so, you know, so I, yeah. I should really just shut my fucking mouth. But, but <laughs> when you find out that you're having your period, they don't go, they don't say, you're, you're, you're bleeding, you're having mm-hmm. your period. And this is what the bleeding sh- should kind of look like. They just yeah. leave it at, oh, you're bleeding, you're having your period, and it's going to be uncomfortable, and yeah. maybe you should take but some... But that's what I mean. That's yeah. fascinating. Yes, that, 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 <laughs> they, that the education around it isn't, and here's what's normal, and here's what's abnormal. Yeah. What you is know? the education around it like? Minimal. Like, the only... This is kind of like whatever your parents tell you. Yeah. And you know? like I remember going to the doctor because my period cramps, I was like a competitive dancer growing up um, till I was 18. And I just wanted to dance. And I knew that if I complained about my cramps, my mom would be like, then don't go to dance or stay home from school. And I didn't want to do that. So I would go to the doctor and get a prescription for naproxen. 
And yeah, they just like give you a prescription, offer you birth control and you're on your way. And that's not the doctor's fault. Like that's what they've been told to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're not going to be like, well, tell me about what your cramps feel like and where you feel them in your body. Yeah. And- because they're assuming, they're assuming that if someone's having abnormal cramps that they're yeah. going to go, Hey, this hurts a lot, yeah. a lot. But again, it's, we you just know. don't know what abnormal is because we're not talking about it enough, which that's is right. why we're doing things like this. Yeah. So people can be like, oh, I have that too. Remember, did you, you've listened to the, did you listen to the endometriosis episode we did with Leslie? So good. It was great. She was great. And one of the things that she said that really stuck out to me was that, um, the, some of the highest funding in terms of like medical research is going into something like diabetes Mm -hmm. where the, the amount of people on the planet who have diabetes is like a certain amount. And so they're getting this insane amount of funding. Mm-hmm. And the amount of people with endometriosis like so far surpasses the amount of people living with diabetes. And the funding that goes towards endometriosis research is not even a <laughs> fraction of a no. fraction of a fraction of what diabetes mm-hmm. funding is. Yeah. Which is like... Because people don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's the, it's like how many people, you know, walking out, if we walked out into the streets of Vancouver today and just started polling people like, hey, have you ever heard of endometriosis? Yeah. I, would, I would guess a lot of them would go... It's also, a, it's also a marketing game. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. yeah. I mean... It's they got to like, get on that. Maybe it, maybe it's Maybelline yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, maybe it's endometriosis. Maybe it's pussy problems. Yeah, hashtag pussy problems. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to say I did ask earlier on the on the old recording if hashtag pussy problems was offensive <laughs> because I was like kind of like insensitive. Like, Is it making yeah, you yeah. uncomfortable? No, it's not making me uncomfortable. But I'm worried that somebody who is listening to this is like, oh, that is. I can't believe those guys are saying that. Some people don't like the word pussy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to make sure that Olivia was comfortable with it. It's because of the P. Because the P that's, is what, so that's what's important yeah. to me. Hash, well, well Brian, maybe we should change it to hashtag cookie problems. That's fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that is so insensitive, Jeremy. Jeremy, <laughs> don't ruin cookies for me. But I do like cookie that. problems. CPP. That's what my yeah. sister used to call her vagina problems. when she was like, her cookie? Her, yeah, when she was like, yeah, like a toddler. She's like, oh. my, my cookie hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, maybe she had endometriosis. Yeah. Maybe she had her own pussy. Yeah. Hey, that's, maybe that's the new marketing campaign, though. Yeah. Like, my cookie like, hurts? Yeah. <laughs> the cookie oh, monster. my God. <laughs> hey, we should take a bite out of this problem. <laughs> oh my God, Brian. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this word from our sponsors. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Where were we? Let's take oh, it back. Actually, can I say something really quickly yeah. about endometriosis? I yeah, yeah, don't please. know what their working title is, but the prime minister, president, premier, whatever of Canada, Australia. Justin Trudeau. Yeah, he's a very handsome fellow. Australia. <laughs> actually, prime minister of Australia, minister I believe. Yeah, yeah. Just like released a statement a few months ago apologizing to like the women of the nation who have endometriosis for not 
um, being proactive enough with resources and with oh, education. Interesting. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, shout out to adenomyosis too. Yeah, right, you know? right. Yeah. Well, this and he, you know what this it it starts with stuff like this. Yeah, it's cool because you know? Justin Trudeau is actually a fan of the podcast too. So when he hears this, he'll apologize too. Yeah, I'm sure. Profusely, he, I'm sure. I'm, for, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he, he listens. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so so you you're dropping these giant uh, softball sized clots out of your out of your uh, cookie. Sexy. Yeah. And not my cookie. Uh, your your uh, pussy. pussy. Yeah. And um, and at what point do you, do you, does this like turn, take a turn? Take a turn in terms of like okay, you know, you, you've been told now. It sounds like you have adenomyosis. Like yeah. this is not normal. This is yeah. abnormal. Yeah. Um, is there is there like a point where you start to? Treat it or like, mm. like how the fuck do you treat something like this? Well, I mentioned on the first recording, but I should probably say this here. It's uncurable oh, in the right. sense that you can't keep your uterus in your body and be cured of adenomyosis. The only way to rid yourself of the disease is to have your uterus removed. Which is a hysterectomy, which right? Which is a hysterectomy. But then the issue with that is you oftentimes go into menopause, mm-hmm. which can affect your heart and your whole body. Like that should happen naturally or if possible happen naturally. Your hormone, yeah. your hormone your whole game endocrine is, system gets fucked up yeah. pretty much. And that's such a delicate balance. Um, and so what's the, yeah. So like if you're not going to take that route, yeah. then what you, does it, what does a, a person do? Live with the pain mm. or you take, um, narcotics, a time <laughs> when I was kind of like, Hey, I need to be proactive about this was when I went to see my doctor and he was like, all right. So we had done a first surgery. I've had three laparoscopies or laparoscopies, whatever mm-hmm. you want to yeah, say. Yeah, sure. Um, just to, you know, just, they want to see my pussy. So yeah. I was like, sure. <laughs> it's like, I can <laughs> show you here. So, and they're like, no, we'd no, rather we go in go through like, your belly. Yeah. We want to yeah. see it through your belly button hole. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> After the first surgery that I got done, my doctor could further confirm that he thinks that I have adenomyosis. And the reason behind that is because my uterus was soft and sponge-like. Which it shouldn't be? No, I don't think so. It's supposed to be a bit firmer and smaller, but that can be a sign of adenomyosis is when it's like a bit enlarged and spongy because Mm. the muscle is... Being consumed. Did they? Oh Jesus! Did they tell you like whether or not you'd be able to have kids? Um, between that and my endometriosis and the fact that I just had an ovary removed three days ago, um, I I don't know. There, there, like we've been to a preconception clinic here in Vancouver and we've talked to so many gynecologists, <coughs> and they, no one's really sure um, if I can conceive because the issue with adenomyosis and fertility, some people give birth fine but a lot of women um miscarry because the muscle because it's so impacted by the endometrial tissue it can expand with Mm. the growth of the child and you end up miscarrying and that's the other side of that's the that's another part of that conversation about removing your uterus is obviously children and whether you want to bear children what how you feel about that yeah but is there is there when you said when you've removed the uterus, there's mm-hmm. the like going through menopause thing. Yeah. And so do you receive any advice from somebody who's like, okay, well, what you're going through now versus what you would go through with mm-hmm. with menopause, like which one is quote unquote better? better? Or worse. I think it it's totally subjective. 
Yeah. Like I wouldn't go through menopause now because my body wouldn't support the hormones that I would have to take right. if I were to go into menopause. You'd have to take supplemental hormones. Yeah. So bioidentical <clears throat> hormones, which after the brain condition that I have, I've learned that I'm not allowed to go on hormones like that. So that wouldn't be an option for me in the next few years. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Crazy. Just give a quick like like uh, rundown for people what your brain condition was when you were Pseudo-tumor younger. Pseudotumor cerebri caused by minocycline. Yeah, so you were taking an antibiotic and it like mm-hmm. caused what, like swelling in the brain? Yeah, so pseudotumor, fake tumor cerebri sure. of the brain. And so s- I had all the symptoms of a brain tumor without the actual cancerous mass. I just had fluid retention and a ton of swelling. So I lost my vision. Got a spinal tap, didn't work, spinal patch, a few weeks in the hospital, mm-hmm. lots of drugs. Now I have chronic migraines from that. Dude, that's, fuck, that like, what a, what a it's so crazy how drugs like can, can fuck someone up like that. You know what I mean? Like, like so that's the, one of the things that the guy says really fast at the end of the commercial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and like minocycline is something that I've taken, I've taken Oh, fuck, I can't even count how many times yeah. in my life I've taken minocycline. Um, it's, some, it's the thing I take every time I get a lung infection. Swelling of the brain. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> One yeah. in a million chance, actually. <laughs> One in a million. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. That's, so what my, that's what my doctor told me. Holy shit. Yeah, well, and it's typically, <clears throat> if you're going to get pseudotumor cerebri, it's obese women over 40. Wow. So okay. I'm like none of those things? So it's probably it's probably like even <laughs> less of a chance than one in a million for somebody like you, like your age and Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Super wild. Okay, so so the 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 brain swelling essentially prevented you from uh uh taking like you know, oral contraceptive. Birth control. Yeah. Um what you 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 kind of we glossed over it a little bit, but you've had three surgeries. Yeah. What are the three surgeries that you've had? Um, I had, for each of them, they were a laparoscopy. Do you guys say laparoscopy? I, th- yeah. I say laparoscopic surgery. Okay. But, um, I mean, it could be like laparoscopy. I don't, I don't know, or laparoscopy. Yeah, I don't um. know. But, like, that to me, laparoscopic is the procedure of, like, okay, we're going to... It's less invasive. We're going to use these, these, you know, the tools are going to go in yeah. these very small inserted holes in mm-hmm. your body, like the size of like a dime slot. Yeah. And they work inside using those tools and they like fill you with gas. It is, like, like, expand. It, it is, it is laparo. Laparo. Laparoscopy. Laparoscopy. Lapar- laparoscopy. Laparoscopy. And lap- but laparoscopic la- surgery. La- laparoscopic. Laparoscopic. Yeah, right. So that's, I'm saying laparoscopic or, or, okay, so laparoscopic. Right. Laparoscopic. Um, Lapar- can I just say laparoscopy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's how I, I live my life. That's how I have my appendix. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to. We don't want to. Oh, disturb you that. did. Yeah. <clears throat> I wanted my doctor to take out my appendix three days ago, and she wouldn't. Um, yeah, it's kind of useless. Uh, to just have, get rid honest. of it. Like, I, that's not why you're here. I tried to convince her, but I was on a lot of Ativan, so my like bartering skills weren't on point. You know why uh, you have an appendix, or why why they think that you had an appendix? Why? Ooh, I'd like to know because I think I I have a thing as well. I feel like you, I've heard this you know, before. Do you know why this, Taylor? Or do you, I, I'm not sure if I'm if I'm right. Tell it, me your theory first. I and this is like full disclosure. I'm saying this out of out of like I heard this somewhere years ago. Don't know where it came from. Me fuck, too. No clue. Oh. That I had heard that it at one point was an organ that was used to be able to fully digest raw meat. Yes. What? Cool. Yeah. So I don't eat meat. So I don't. I literally don't. But I don't think it does that now. No, it doesn't. It just ruptures. Like, it's just That's there. It's purpose. just like it's what yeah. it used to do, but we, but it, it doesn't function in that way now. And like uh, anybody out there who's like, "That's super fucking wrong," 
Let us yeah, know. Let us know. Um, so, I heard it from Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> so your your lap rose. Yeah. Uh, what was the first one for? Like, did they go first in to take one, something out? Or? Yeah. So while we were going through this whole, I think it's adenomyosis process, um, they were also trying to investigate for endometriosis. Yeah. And they the only way to diagnose endometriosis is to get a laparoscopy. Um, that's the only way to have a definitive diagnosis. So I got my first one in 2015 and they biopsied some tissues, but couldn't find, or they didn't make enough cuts. So they're like, oh yeah, it looks like endometriosis. But when we looked under the microscope, maybe it's not. Right. Sure. And then when I went to see my specialist in Vancouver, she's like, no, they just didn't make enough cuts. That was definitely endo. So that was my first surgery. But during my first surgery, the tissue that they cut out was around my left ovary. And while I was recovering, my left ovary grew into my abdominal wall. Oh, God, what? That sounds not right. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts. Um, But it's gone now. So my second surgery, which was nine months ago, they went in and they removed my peritoneum. So... How do I put this? You know a sausage? Yeah, I, I've, I'm familiar with sausage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know sausage casing? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So peritoneum is like the, your inside sausage casing. So it's kind of just like the thin membrane that just holds those organs together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about this. We were talking about that last night, weren't we? In the last twenty four like, in the last twenty four hours, yeah, we've right. been talking about Interesting, it. Interesting, the peritoneum, yeah, right. <clears throat> um yeah, so they completely removed that. They detached my left ovary from my abdominal wall. They removed endometriosis and they suspended both of my ovaries. <clears throat> what does that like the you're they're like you're you're like in detention. In, in, in detention. Yeah. <laughs> um you're no, in trouble. they take a wire and and they make a loop through the ovaries and then they tie it on the outside of the skin. What? And they left it for like 10 days a week. And that allowed the skin and like the ovaries to... I have a picture. Dude, how do they fucking realize that they can do this? Why? why, But why do they do this? What's the reason? What's the... Um, So my left ovary grew into the abdominal wall and that's really, really painful. Tugging, pulling. Like it was like an adhesive to it? Yeah, exactly. So they're basically going, we're going to remove it from that and just Mm kind of suspend it in in empty body space so that it can like resettle into a new, its new home. Like, that's my, this is from my last surgery. That's my uterus and my ovaries. Oh, Jesus. This is like, this is not, this is not, uh, this is a real photo. Holy shit. Is this like Miss Jemmy shit? Yeah, for straight up. Like, I thought you were going to show me like a a sort of like x-ray, like sort of, you know, this is, this is flesh. Holy fuck. Yeah. What, what are we looking at here? Oh, So we are, yeah, explain. It looks like, you know what that looks like? Dude, it looks like the inside of like someone's sinuses. Dude, it's so wet and red. It's It's so wet and so red. It's, uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, So I don't know if you guys can see the wire there. That's the suspension line for my left ovary. And my left ovary looks fucked up because it is fucked up. So is that, is this a little whitish kind of? Is this node up here? Is that your ovary? That like that ball? That bulge is my ovary. Dude. And it looks all That's an ovary. Man, look at that thing. And then the uterus is the bitch in the middle. God, it looks like, it looks like a swollen tonsil. Yeah. And they they cauterized both of them. Don't do of that. Oh, they cauterized it. Oh. So they leave it. They leave it in. They don't yeah. remove it. Yeah, I got that removed three days ago. Oh, okay, it but, was removed. Dude, three. Hold on a second. Like you're sitting here. Yeah. 
You got you got you had lapars- laparoscopic surgery three days ago and had your fucking ovary removed, and you're just like chilling out. Like uh, that yeah. that kind of blows my mind because like when I I went through laparoscopic, that fu- it like fucked me up. Like they 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 I mean I know that they really filled me with gas and like it was it was really intense. How weird is that? Dude, like run sucks. your hand did, over your skin you get, and it's like static. The pot, like the yeah. pop, 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 pop. That's did you get shoulder pain? Yeah. Yeah. It, but it like it fucking laid me out. Yeah. Like for a couple of weeks. Dude, I was yeah. in the I was in the hospital, like bedridden on my back, couldn't move for like four days, I'd say. When you got your, your appendix, appendix removed. Out. But then so on how, the fifth how, day I got out and I went to uh, again. Yeah, I went to a, a <laughs> world championship hockey game in Halifax and I took the bus there and my friends like kind of like helped me. By holding my hands and walking me, and I it looked like I had three bullet wounds in my chest. Mm. Yeah, like, but that's badass. You're three days out, and you look. I would never fucking know. Yeah. I would never have known. Like, how do you feel now? Like right now? Great. So, guys, I've never slept in a hospital. Okay, oh, dude, yo, you're <laughs> so yeah, cool. Gee, yeah, thanks. I just, I just thought about. I just thought about you guys are all like, yeah, this time in the hospital, this time in the hospital. <laughs> I've never. Isn't that fucking crazy? Is it? Is the is is that normal for someone who gets a ovary removed? Like, it's like, oh yeah, it's in out. You you'll be good in like a couple days. Um, I don't really know because I think that a lot of the times when women get their ovaries removed, it's like not because they're necessarily in pain. It's like a preventative thing. Sure. Um, and I already have like a fuck ton going on in that region. So yeah, like I don't, I just, I'm good with pain. Yeah. Right. Man, this is, uh, I want to show you my ovary suspension on the outside. You can on the outside. Oh, what the fuck? Dude? Well, because it's tied to the outside. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, um, this is it's a like bit a much. looped around the outside of your, but outside just, of your stomach. Holy sweet Jesus, if, mother if of this God. Is skin, so can you see the strings so, like down? So is this your belly button here? Yeah, this, okay, and then so. below that, those patches, that's the strings. See. And then they pull oh. this, pull them out and you can feel your ovaries drop. Oh. Oh. This, is so, this is so much more... Oh, Why am I, oh God, I'm this like is, drooling. This is so much more manageable for me. <clears throat> I can't do that so inside. Intense. I can't do that inside. See, I'm the reverse. Stuff. I see the inside stuff and I can't, I can't wrap my head around it because it's so... The sight is so foreign, but to see the outside of a body with like the like that. It, so is it down there pain. where there's like kind of like near yeah. your hand where there's like the bloody? Yeah, the, that's the strings. And then ten days later, they can we put these photos up on your blog post oh, when that's... you do this when we yeah, totally. end the episode? All right, head on over to sickboypodcast.com slash blog. And uh, if you're listening to this now, oh, that's true. Uh, like when this episode kind of comes out that week, it'll be the first blog post you can find it. Actually, the, the episode's really likely going to be called hashtag pussy problems. Can so just look for that blog post. <laughs> yeah. I love how I'm like vying for that. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, it could also be hashtag cookie monster. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so, so where are we at now then? Like, what's your, you know, what's your outlook on on your future on on you know, the, the, like what's, what's next? I just feel, I feel like, I feel like everything you've kind of run us through just sounds like you're living this, this absolute hell. Mm. Um, <laughs> bring me out of this, like help me out. <laughs> no, you know, I'm, I'm no, feeling really sad. There. Like, no, it. yeah, done. it does, but it does. It seems, this sounds all really like heavy and shit and like, I mean, I think it's all about outlook. Yeah. Like it is, it is heavy, and there are times where it's really challenging. And like, there's no pretty way to put it. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. Like, I live in pain every single day. Yeah. 
but I have a fucking awesome life and I have a dope husband and I have a cute dog and I'm here with you guys. Like if I never went through this experience, I wouldn't have met you guys. I wouldn't have like access to the community online that I do have. I wouldn't have connected with a bunch of strangers through social media. Like I have, I like, it's good. It's, pain but it's all relative how do you manage the pain like I, so we we kind of we sort of dived into this uh, w- during the first recording that crashed but we met through Instagram and yeah. you were like following what we were up to and you were a big fan and then mm-hmm. and then through looking at what you're doing like you're trying to also generate conversation surrounding you know illness and pain yeah. management and stuff mm-hmm. and I know you use like uh, a lot of like uh, THC or like CBD mm-hmm. Like what? What are what are the things that you're using to treat yourself? Um, and I don't mean treat yourself. I mean I do like treat, to treat myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, it actually is interesting. It started back when I was 16 with my pseudo tumor, and honestly, I think that getting that was like the biggest blessing I could have gotten because at the time I was 16, so I still had access to the Children's Hospital in Vancouver. Um, and I had access to all their resources. So I learned about meditation and mindfulness through a therapist there Mm. because they're like, you're going to be living with chronic migraines for the rest of your life. You may as well learn to treat them within like yourself, not just with like Mm. a prescription. Mm -hmm. Um, so I learned about meditation and mindfulness and visualization and just like the power of positive thinking when I was 16. And I feel like I've carried those skills with me since then. And have like honed that craft. God, teach that to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you? totally. Don't don't hoard that for the migraine for the migraine folks. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because my parents <clears throat> are both educators; they're principals of schools. And watching me go through that illness has implemented this belief in them that now they're having like their classrooms have like mm-hmm. mindfulness moments and like meditating as a class and stuff like that. So that's cool. But um, yeah, I use some cannabis products for pain. I'm not taking anything. Now for post surgery, I don't do narcotics or opioids. What like at of, all, just in general. Like you just don't. No. What type wow. of uh, cannabis products? Um, I love honey. Like at my dispense, we have such a good dispensary. We actually have the most dispensaries per capita in Canada where we live. Where Where do you Where do you guys Nelson. live? Nelson. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, here in BC. Bunch of fucking hippies. Yeah. Makes sense. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you mean honey like like THC infused honey? Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Yeah. So it's it's low dose. It's like ten milligrams of CBD and five milligrams of THC, but it just helps with some of my pains. Helps put me to sleep. I have really bad insomnia. Mm. Um for the day after my surgery and then I took a bit last night I just had like phoenix tears so like tears from an actual phoenix that yeah, has, pretty that has re-risen to, yeah. or like pre-risen from the flames pre-risen okay That's interesting ashes. is that that recipe yeah, by that guy what's yeah, the guy yeah I know what you're talking about and yeah uh, Sim- what's his name David? Rick Simpson Rick Simpson Salt, Salt Rick Bay? Simpson Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Yeah. What? I think Rick Simpson. Rick Simpson. That's the stuff that Brandon was yeah, taking. Rick Simpson oil. Mm-hmm. But is that Phoenix Tears like the same thing? Yeah, it's exactly that. It's just a bit of a different dosage, so it's higher CBD, lower THC. Question for you. Yeah. Put this to bed because we've been not, not arguing, but just like having a conversation. Uh, like average dose of uh, THC in an edible. Ten milligrams. Okay. Thank you. That's what we. That's what. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Okay. Taylor was Taylor the other day was like, no man, I'm pretty sure like I just like I, like, I usually like, was, eat fifty. I'm like, no, I said fifty is I said 30, 35. 35, 40, Yeah. However, that's a however, lot. Like, that that'll lay out. That'll yeah. fucking. Joey eat Diaz was talking about five hundred. That's right. Yeah, so, splitting yeah. a thousand. Joey Diaz like is uh, he's a two hundred and eighty pounds or more. Yeah, 
<clears throat> he's, he's on. So he's level. got me beat. Uh, yeah. Still sure. a lot. That's still a yeah, very yeah, high yeah, dosage. Yeah, Doesn't matter. Yeah. Like if you're a, a, a small person or a, yeah, a I don't, horse. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that would kill an elephant. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so the CBD THC sort yeah. of blend higher on the CBD mm-hmm. side of things for anti-inflammatory. I don't. I just like hate being out of control. I'm a control freak. Right. I like things my way, and I find if I'm too high, things can't be my way. No. Yeah. It's like not cool for me. Yeah, I'm. I'm really curious to to sort of get into the CBD mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more just to see how it m- like might affect some of the stuff that I'm dealing with. Yeah. But like, I don't even know like where to begin. But yeah. Where to begin or like, or what I would be looking for, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, what, okay, what's my, what's my intention here? Why, why am I taking it? And what yeah. am I hoping to get out of it? That's yeah. what national access cannabis is all about. Like right, for, you, sure. for like, you to go and talk to them and they'd be like, Hey, this is what you got. We'll connect you with a doctor that would be able yeah. to tell you exactly. Interesting. That yeah. should be an episode. Yeah, coming should up. Be. Well, and that's yeah. what like my dispensary is so good for is I walk in and I'm like, my nerve pain is fucking crazy pussy problems still and I'm not sleeping and they're like we've got just the thing for you so they're like they're so educated have you tried Maui Waui (laughs) yeah Yeah. we got some of that dank schmiggle smag (laughs) just came in (laughs) schmiggle smag I did try weed tampons those are interesting what the fuck that's a thing yeah yo how what how what is that a custom blend um it's so it's like weed oil, yeah. Um, that's been compressed and like hardened, and it looks like kind of like a little like a rabbit food, like this, yeah, big, yeah. Like, like dark green. You shove it up your vagina, probably like the lube, yeah. probably similar sort to that. There, yeah, we have weed lube back home mm-hmm. that we've been using. Mm-hmm. But hold on though, is this like just like like ca- capped onto a, an actual tampon, mm-hmm. or this thing is just? No, it's also a suppository. <laughs> suppository. So it's just a thing that of weed like, that's that you just go boop. And then you what? And it's supposed to like soak up. Is it? Is <laughs> that it supposed was to act? Terrible visual. Yeah, is it, yeah. I'm I'm glad no one could see it. Uh, is <laughs> is it supposed to be a, like act like a tampon? Like like to soak up the blood of a of a, a no, period? No, it's or it's they just say tampon because it's like a yeah a, a insert. Like, into what the does tampon mean? Does that is it basically something that you like? Suppository is the word for. Putting something in your butthole, butthole yeah. I think, but isn't but tampon, tampon like Kleenex? Is it a brand or no? No, uh, okay. no so tampon packs. Is it? Yeah, oh, tampon packs. Yeah, right, right. I was thinking like band aid kind of thing. Like, that was actually the worst part about my um, anti-pregnancy was using tampons all the time. My vagina got raw from that. Yeah, there's no just doubt. cotton sitting in there. So what's the, the point of the weed tampon? Um, just to help relax the like uterine area. Yeah, to just have like really concentrated like power towards that area. How much did they give me? They gave me 1,500 milligrams of THC um, in the tampon, and it did nothing. 1,500 milligrams? I'm really curious about that. If somebody was like, if, if, if there was like extensive research done into that, or somebody was just like, oh, dude, just like put it up there. Yeah, it's true. Because yeah. every, yeah. every, every, <laughs> yeah. every weed researcher is just like, hey, man, yeah. like, let's try to do this because I'm hot. Yeah. <laughs> just shove it in all your holes and see what happens. It is going to be very interesting, though, to see, like, you know, we're, we're, we're coming to a time where it's going to be. It's going to be available through to buying it through the government, just like we would buy booze back home. Yeah. And so that that has to come with some, you know, some form of standardized, mm-hmm. regulated uh, research that's going to be made 
public. And I, I'm really like, I'm really interested through the hear. government in Nova Scotia, yeah. specifically. Yeah, yeah. And, What's and going on with weed for you guys? Uh, basically, all of the dispensaries that are currently open and thriving yeah. are going to have to shut down. Because they're not necessary, but they're not like thriving like they are here. They're not the same. Yeah, but it's not like they're open and people are yeah. going and right, using them, right. and it's you know they're they're running business. They uh-huh. all have to stop uh, because in Nova Scotia, unlike Vancouver, um, liquor is 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 only sold through the government. So you can only sell liquor that through like here? no no. I'm pretty sure isn't there like do you have to go to a liquor pop store? shop booze stores? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I thought it was BC Liquor Store. No, no, there's like there's like independently owned booze stores here in BC. Oh, okay. Yeah, we went to one the other day and bought beers. Like oh, that right. Was, yeah, yeah, okay. But in Nova Scotia, it's the opposite. Okay. It's only government booze stores run through the, the NSLC. NSLC, the Nova Scotia Liquor Corporation. And then there's like some specialty wine shops that can be open, but like it's all very regulated. Boosh. So the same thing with weed. NSLC is going to own these stores. And they're going to sell, sell it and out s- of the stores that also carry alcohol. So they're going to be sold, right. they're going to be sold right. side by side. Yeah, I wrote a letter Which, to, to go against that for BC. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because then, then like you know, you have this, this product that a lot of people are using medicinally mm-hmm. that's being sold alongside alcohol, mm-hmm. which is but maybe recreationally. That, but maybe the medicinal side will be a different supply line. Which could would, would make a lot of sense. But wouldn't yeah. that take a while to implement? <coughs> yeah, but they yeah. seem, yeah, I don't know. They seem it's to just, be rolling. They have their supply quickly. line now yeah. for, me, right. for medicinal. Like, yeah. that's a thing. So yeah. maybe that yeah. will stay like that. Maybe, I don't know, for, for people who need it medicinally. Yeah. yeah. So it's like all of a sudden, like, there's an over-the-counter pharmacy kind of set up in the back of a liquor store that's like, oh, but this is the medical section. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't and know. Like that, that, that was my biggest worry with um, all that stuff happening in BC that I yeah. don't know the name of. I just find that it plays into like the stigma of like, of, of like, that marijuana can only be used recreationally yeah. and it kind of takes away from like all, all the old people are going to look at it and be like, oh, that's not medicine. That's yeah. That's hocus pocus. Yeah, yeah. well, they're going to be dead. So <laughs> yeah. who cares? Yeah. Yeah. They're a dying breed. Um, I'm curious to know how all of this stuff affects your like your. You've been with your husband uh, for four years. Four years. Yeah. Um, how is it? How is it like affecting your your intimacy and your sex life now? Like today. Um. It. It's weird because it's been terrible, but also so fabulous because our communication with one another is just like through the roof. Yeah. I feel like this illness has done nothing but benefit me. I mean, obviously I'm in pain every day, which sucks, but it's given me so much in the sense that like we communicate way better than I ever thought that we could. Yeah. And And this has kind of been a catalyst to force that. Yeah, right. Well, because when all these issues first started happening, we were fresh in our relationship and I was like... Do you want to go? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, doors there, feel free. Like, I wouldn't want to be with someone who is going through this. So, like, mm. you, I said it to you a couple weeks ago. I was like, you still good with this? Like, should we keep doing the marriage thing? Because it's hard yeah. as, well, as a support yeah. system. One of the, like, you know, the thing, the two biggest things that couples fight about or have issue with is sex and money. Yeah. And so to be living with a, a an illness that, like, directly affects your your ability to enjoy sex. Yeah. I feel like it's it's going to go one of two ways. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like yeah. dip fucking downhill real real fast or yeah. in luckily in your situation like build 
upon this, you know, deeper sense of communication mm-hmm. and and trust and whatever. Yeah. And obviously, like, there's moments and there's been, like, months and periods of time where I'm just like, I want to rip your head off so bad. And I know that he's been feeling the same way about me in those moments, but you just, like, talk through it. And mm-hmm. I think our, like, I don't know, we fuck, so... that's great still pretty rad it's definitely not as bad as it was during the anti-pregnancy but you get creative and you learn to kind of like loosen up a bit and not take shit so seriously and just like it's almost more enjoyable now yeah yeah like there's other ways to find that sexual intimacy that that don't just have to apply to just you know the the standard, like this is how we have sex. Yeah. You know, it's it can go so much deeper than that. And yeah. I, and I do. I'm I, I'm with you. Like I I hear that side of how an illness can sort of um, trigger that or like create mm-hmm. cultivate that. Totally. I, I've only experienced it to a subtle degree yeah. after after my laparoscopic surgery. Like sex was just. So, it, Did it hurt for you? Oh, it was fucking horrible. Yeah, it was it was terrible. And and it, it, there was a good like two month period. Mm-hmm. Where it was, I I related to sex completely differently, and we oh, had to like find a new way to to engage in it. Yeah, and and so mm-hmm. it was like this weird, but like also kind of really beautiful Transition. navigation yeah. of like, all right, how do we how do we make this special and make this something that means a lot? Yeah, even though it's going to look a lot different than what it used to be because it was just like. Yeah, my, like my all of that was just so it was it was very painful and very mm-hmm. very like sensitive. Right. Well, and that's so interesting because like after my surgeries, I'm just like let's get it in because I've like just had a bunch of tissue removed and a bunch of dead weight taken out and I just like feel so much better you feel and I'm free. I'm just like Take it in me. Come yeah, on. Right. And he's like, no, we have to wait a month. Like, yeah, yeah, right. right. The doctor like, said. I don't care. The yeah. doctor's not in my pussy. Let's go. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> doctor pops out. He's like, actually, yeah, I, I, I am. Please actually, do not stick it in yeah. here. There's not enough room. Still here. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's. I I think that that's interesting too because I think in a in a long term um, relationship. You you'll find a way that works to be intimate and yeah. and that feels good, but you have to be creative too. And you mm-hmm. can't always like you'll find a way that works, but it's not going to work maybe a year from now or ten years yeah, from now. Exactly. You're not going to do it the it's same way all the time. You're going to mm-hmm. find another way, and 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 you know maybe you'll come back to that in the in the future. But I think like being creative. In the bedroom and being mm-hmm. finding new ways to be intimate is really important too. So to like almost have this experience as a catalyst to like yeah. evolve through that too, I think is really healthy as well. Yeah. Well, and like it just like you just have to fight for it, and yeah. like both emotionally and physically. Like we have to fight for our physical relationship. We have to fight for our emotional relationship. It's work. We're, yeah. We're, yeah, and like we're young. Like I was pretty much a teen bride. We didn't have to do that, but we chose to because mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's my guy. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say out of all of this? Your your experience with endo uh, slash adno slash uh, hashtag pussy problems. <laughs> uh, what would you say it's all taken away from you? I mean, if we're going to be literal, some dead tissue and an ovary. Sure. And a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah. Some clots. Yeah. But what would you say it's given you? I remember like growing up, I never really knew exactly what I wanted to be. 
I was like one of those kids that my mom would be like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd be like, I want to make people feel something. And for a while that manifested as a dancer. And for a while it was like, I'm going to be an actress. And I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Um, Because they make people feel things, I think. And yeah, like scared that they might go to jail for exactly, the rest of their life. Exactly, and like super in debt. I'm like, yeah, fine, that's cool. <laughs> um, and then all of these health issues started to happen and the realities of going to post-secondary education kind of like fizzled out and all of that. And I realized that I would have to make people feel something in a different way. And I think that my illnesses have brought me the ability to like connect with a community that I had no idea existed and that I had no idea like needed, like, I just didn't know that this group of people needed an advocate and I want to be that person for them. Like I have hundreds of DMS from young girls being like, Hey, because of you, I went and got diagnosed with endo or because of you, I'm talking with my doctors about like an IUD or I'm being more proactive about like my gynecological health. And that's a really cool thing. And that wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have gotten sick. Yeah. So why don't you, why don't you let like kind of plug yourself here, let everyone know because you are, you, you, you have your own podcast. You, you're pretty active on like social media yeah. you're, it, and you're, you're not hiding or shying away from these things that you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, how can people find you? How can people get, you know, like in, in invested in, in all the stuff problems. that, yeah, yeah. And your pussy problems. Yeah. I'm getting my pussy. Um, you can follow me on Instagram <laughs> at la la Livia, L A L A L I V I A. And then my site's the same. La la Livia.com podcast is called common. I'll get up to uploading when I'm, when my vagina heals and yeah, I'm, I'm here to talk. I'm just a DM away. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it when, People come to me with their shit, and it makes me feel less alone. It's really self-serving, but but you know it goes. It's a two-way street. Yeah. It goes both ways, you know. And that's why people are reaching out for a reason. Yeah. So totally. Well, uh, Liv, uh, thank you. This was uh, this was really great. I'm glad we were able to link this up, and that you guys mm-hmm. came out from Nelson. That's so fucking cool. I mean, I knew knew you had to be here anyway, but. The way that it just all worked out is yeah, so it was perfect. Fabulous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week with another fantastic episode, I'm sure. In the meantime, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe for sure. Hit that subscribe button. It means a lot. Rate the podcast. Uh, there's one through five stars. Choose which one you feel represents our podcast the most. And then leave a rating or sorry, a review. Uh, you know, just a couple <coughs> words, what you thought of the podcast. Um, Who's your favorite host? I don't know, whatever, yeah. something like that. Uh, and if you want to support us, uh, we could always use the support to keep this podcast going. And to do that, you can go to patreon.com slash sickboy and, uh, and help us out. It's why we're able to be here in Vancouver and have these conversations that we've been having. Uh, and so anybody who has contributed and helped out, thank you so much. Everybody who decides to in the future, thank you. We love you. We really appreciate it. And thank you to Donovan, the CPAP Morgan, uh, for all the sound design on this episode. Uh, without you, we wouldn't be able to um, sound as good as we do. So that's obviously really yeah, you important. Did a good job today. And uh, and thank you for making the background of the the outro here sound like we're in a monastery. Um, that was really cool. I'm feeling really connected with my inner self. Really interested to see what that sounds like. Yeah, me too. Uh, anyway, um, now we're going to shift into some more intense rock up music for the outro, and that's from Take Part. Take Part in this.bandcamp.com if you want to hear more of their amazing music. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Liv. And this is Sick Boy. 
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.